Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, living the dream. What day is it right now? Better than I deserve is how I'm doing. That's darn true. Yeah. Darn true. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, so we can hate everything. Mm -hmm. Good afternoon, Liberty, everyone. Except for our favorite listeners in Hawaii, mm-hmm. good morning to you and aloha. Luau, luau. <laughs> That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit late in the day, but luckily that allowed us to catch uh, another news story that just came out that we added into the show. So that's just how, how things go sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we've got the most up-to-date news. Make sure you smash that subscribe or follow or whatever it is. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Buy up-to-date news, our second story is from like 10 days ago. But uh, the the other one is fresh. And Charlie, after you, you're you're fresh. ready to go whenever. It's fresh off the press mm-hmm. here from Politico. So the White House to extend the student loan moratorium once again. How many times have we covered this as a story? Mm. Rental moratoriums, student mm. loan moratoriums, just don't pay. No. Biden administration officials are considering further furthering the policy begun as part of COVID pandemic relief until the end of August though they caution that could still change. A range of Democrats in recent weeks have urged the Biden administration to extend the pause on payments through at least the end of 2022, which would be long enough to avoid requiring borrowers to make payments just before the midterm elections. Imagine that. That's an important thing right there. Some Biden advisors have been reluctant to continue relief because they believe it, it undercuts the administration's messaging on the strength of the economic recovery. And it does. Doesn't it? In fact, before I even read this article, I tweeted it out. And I, I put, okay, are, do we have an economic boom right now? Or are people not making enough money and they can't afford to pay their payments? Yeah. Which, which one is it? Which is it? I don't know. Democrats and advocates for student loan borrowers have said that more relief is needed as Americans face higher costs as a result of rising inflation, gripping the economy. And my own notes here, I say... Due to the government shutdown Mm -hmm. in response to the pandemic. Republicans have been urging the Biden administration to restart student loan payments over concerns about the growing cost to taxpayers. The various extensions of the payment pause have cost more than $100 billion, according to Education Department estimates. And that's because now all of your student loans are funded by the federal government. And if nobody's making payments, well, then... uh, those coffers aren't getting paid back. You know, I will say one thing. It's not all of them because my student loans, which are held by a private borrower, are not eligible for this pause right now. And um, luckily, I have made the decision to keep paying them just to take advantage of the no interest and because my wife told me to. Yeah, I mean, right now everybody's accruing interest regardless of whether you're paying this or not. Right? Aren't you still accruing interest? Um, they're not accruing interest right now. No, they're not. Oh, no interest. Mm. So listen, this is obviously a political move, Charlie. They're, they're setting. So it's going to make them weed illegal, make them weed legal and then extending these moratoriums all the way till the end of 2022. It's election year folks. But the thing is, they're not even going to, they're not even going to do it. I don't know if they'll actually legalize weed. I think they're going to set this up. So it looks like the Republicans won't 
legalize weed by making a bill that is so terrible that maybe they won't be able to get enough support on it to push it forward. And now with this, they're not actually trying to, they're not actually trying to actually cancel all the student loan debt. Have you guys seen that come through Mm -mm. at all? No, they're just going to keep doing these pauses. And now they're setting this one up to expire right before the midterm elections. Right after. This is right. This one expires in August. The Democrats were asking for it to go all the way through the end of the year, but instead they're letting this one expire in August. And there's one of two things they're going to do to make sure this helps for the election. One, maybe they'll let the payments kick in. They'll set up some kind of a fight and make it very public where Republicans are saying that people should start paying their loans. People will start paying their loans right before the midterm elections. So they'll feel that or they'll be getting everything in the mail and they'll once again promise that they're going to cancel student loans after the midterm elections or they're going to extend them again in August. The reason they didn't extend them all the way through the midterms is because they want this to be fresh on everyone's minds again right before the midterms. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they'll extend them again through November or December, something like that just beforehand and let everyone know that Republicans, even though this is being done through the White House, just so you know, yeah, Biden's still going to be in office uh, after the midterms. But anyway, they're going to use this as an election well, piece. And it just goes to prove this is, well, like, what does this prove? Well, it proves that the politicians don't care about you whatsoever. And they never have. They care they about They will them. use every single pawn they possibly can, some, some castles and some knights, just to kick the king and the queen. You went straight up chess right there. Off the board. Knight eight seven. I don't know if that's a real move. What about the rook? H. They use that. Yeah, they use all of those. Every single one of them, except for the king, just to get reelected. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. That's and they don't actually care about canceling these student loans because if they actually do that, then they won't be able to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so they can't solve a problem. We talk about that all the time. They have no incentive. And by the way, that's not solving the problem. But in the minds of everyone who wants them, who want them to do that. Uh, that would look like solving the problem. They can't actually do that because they need to continue holding this over your head so they can get elected. It's not actually about solving the problems that you want them to solve. And at this point, I'll tell you what, I'm sick of this. If they want to cancel the loans, you know what? I'm sorry. Just do it because if you're going to destroy one industry, it might as well be college. (laughs) That's how I feel about it. I'd rather them do that then have a total takeover of, uh, say, healthcare or something like that. I'd rather just go ahead and get this example out there in the open. Let's destroy college. Uh, let's, because once they fully take it over, make it free or whatever they're going to do, it, the free college will be the most expensive college we've ever seen. And at this point, that's the one industry I'm totally fine with them destroying. <laughs> you take know, academia down. Totes fine. Nate so, hates people in college. That's what he's saying. He doesn't yeah, like students. Absolutely. And he's a, anti-students. Amanda's, uh, Amanda's right. No one will think it's been destroyed, though. And that's true. And whatever the problems are, they'll just blame it on something else afterwards. Probably mm-hmm. greedy colleges, price gouging people, uh, some protests, maybe burn down some buildings on the college. Who knows? You know, whatever people have time for be- between class. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's a, that's that's. Is this a surprise? I mean, what is this, like the third time we've covered them extending? Every moratorium that exists. So are we actually in an economic boom right now? Because this does seem to conflict. Because from, from what I heard, 
we have just the greatest economy, and this is the best a president's ever done in their first year in office. You've never seen growth, growth. like this. You haven't. Anyone who wants a job can get it. Pay is up or something. I don't, I don't know. Added more jobs than the previous mm-hmm. 100 presidents combined. Yeah. So why do we have a problem with people paying their loans? What is it? It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's almost like we're not actually in a booming economy. And the government inflated the price of college to a point that it's not sustainable. And, and, and add on to that the actual consumer inflation that's happening, which means more money is going to all kinds of things. Yeah, like you're not actually making more yeah. money and everyone knows that. I'm actually really seeing it in groceries and gas. Yeah. It's actually like, it's a real thing now. Dude, groceries are getting so expensive. We Like literally uh, Stephanie went, what was it, Sunday I think? $300 on just like normal stuff that we get. Yeah. And I'm talking like we got like some canned goods, hamburger helper, like a pound of meat and some salmon for one night, like just normal things for like a week, week and a half with some snacks and stuff. $300. That's a lot. And then we went to Kroger this time instead of Publix. Mm. So we could save a little bit. It's uh it's getting it's getting pretty bad out there and everyone can tell. So this whole narrative that they keep pushing that we're just in the greatest economy ever you know, like we said the other day, I don't know how many days ago that was. Maybe it was on Friday, who knows? Uh that you can keep saying this to people and they'll retweet it online or they'll say it to like mm-hmm. MAGA supporters or whoever Republicans that they can talk to, but they know it's not true. Yep. Even if they don't know it's not true, they know it's not true. They can feel it. You can't you can't fool people with that. So let's go. You those can't BS a BS or is what you're trying, trying to say. They're trying to BS a BS right now, mm. and it's not going to work. The next thing is something we've. I just imagine her walking backwards <laughs> from the TV. So uh, every time the next thing is something that we've talked a lot about, and we're going to talk a little bit of corporate welfare. Now this story is from the the very end of March. It's maybe from the beginning of last week. I can't remember what day of the week it was from. Uh, but this has to do with the new Buffalo Bills Stadium. Now, we have talked a lot about corporate welfare, and the problem is that what, is, what does corporate welfare mean? What, what is that? Because when it comes to a reduction in taxes, or heck, even no taxes, Charlie and I are both fine with that. We're both fine with it. Just like we were using, um, you know, the the... Kyrie carve out for the vaccination status. I don't believe that's corporate welfare. It's it's not. That's that's not stealing money from some people. You can't call not stealing money from some people welfare. That's that's how we feel about that. Now there's other forms where you then directly take money from people, take it out of your budget and give it to the corporations. For them to do things. Now, that's the form that we're not in favor of. Yes. But when it comes to not stealing, then that's another thing. All right. So the, the Buffalo. Now, never mind <clears throat> that they, I mean, they will make up that money elsewhere because mm-hmm. they have this budget, whatever. And so then it feels unfair. It's like, well, you're subsidizing this company that's not paying taxes and you have to pay taxes. Well, it's not their fault for not paying taxes, though. Yeah, that so argument implies that the they, government has to have that budget. Yes. And so then your problem is not that they're 
you're subsidizing someone else's decrease in taxes. The problem is that the government still spend the money that they shouldn't be spending. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the problem actually is. So this is from reason.com. Link will be in the show notes. So I, I put a couple notes in here. <clears throat> this story is a little bit late, but I do think it's really important uh, because it's going to be corporate welfare and the government allocating resources because that's what they do. They take resources from people. They take things that people create and then they misallocate them around the economy or they allocate them around the economy wrongly. And they siphon off the top. Yeah. And yeah. Which is still just allocation. They just, some of the allocation is for themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, so this is still, it's a, it's a really important story. On Monday, New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, announced that the team would receive, that's the Buffalo Bills, what the New York Times calls the largest taxpayer-funded stadium subsidy in NFL history. Well, with inflation, you know. Yeah. Uh, under the deal, the state would finance $600 million of the construction costs, while Erie County, where the stadium will be built adjacent to its current home, would cover another $250 million of the cost. The remainder would be financed through a $200 million loan from the NFL. That was approved on Monday. Uh, the NFL loan was approved on Monday, plus $350 million from the team's owners. Wasn't that nice, nicer than the chip in? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, y'all. The actual public subsidies probably exceed a billion, and that doesn't account for things like interest payments on the borrowing that the state and the county will likely have to do to finance the agreement. Quote, New Yorkers can rest assured that their investment will be recouped by the economic activity the team generates, Hochul said on Monday. Their investment will be recouped. That, that was real nice of them to all make that investment, mm-hmm. you know, that $850 on million. On New Yorkers' behalf. Mm-hmm. That's almost certainly not going to happen from reason right here. You're sounding a little quiet. I'm going to turn you up just a little bit. Just to make ends meet, on the roughly $1 billion public cost, the stadium would have to generate about $70 million in new annual tax revenue over the next 30 years. For the same reason that paying off a mortgage over 30 years requires spending more than the sticker price for a house. Yes, they're going to have to finance the money. The bills and state officials have spent months waving around a study showing that the project will generate $27 million annually for state and local governments. But even if you take that study at face value, and you probably shouldn't, Generating $27 million annually for 30 years isn't enough for taxpayers to break even on the cost of the project. It totally sounded like you said annually instead of annually. Same, same. $27 million annually for 30 years. Freudian slip is what they call that's, that. <laughs> yeah. That's, these taxpayers are taking it up the tailpipe is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Hochul touted the potential... <laughs> Hochul touted the potential for the new stadium to create 10,000 jobs... But since the bills are already located in Buffalo, any permanent jobs with the team are unlikely to be affected by the, by the construction of a new stadium. So those are mo- almost entirely going to be temporary construction jobs, jobs that will cost the public around $100,000 each. But Hochul and the bill's billionaire team owners might not get such a warm reception from taxpayers or from the state's legislature, which still has to approve the deal. State Rep. Ron Kim from Queens, issued a loud rebuke to the agreement via Twitter. And... Via must Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Rep. Uh, Tom Susie? Sozi? I don't know. We'll say Sozi right now. 
criticized Hochul for forcing hardworking New Yorkers to fork over their tax dollars to help a billionaire donor get even richer. Now, I wish he would have stopped at uh, criticizing for forcing hardworking New Yorkers to fork over tax dollars. Mm-hmm. That would have been the proper place to stop. Uh, continuing in the quote, she'll enjoy the new skybox, leaving the New Yorkers saddled with higher taxes. And and that's that's true. That's what that's one thing. Well, I'll finish it up. There's only two lines here. And Sochi Namika, director of New York's Working Families Party, said public dollars should not be quote subsidizing an oil billionaire's new stadium. The decision to spend one billion on a stadium means that that same one billion dollars can't be used for something else or left in the taxpayers' wallets. Or they don't even have that billion dollars. Yeah. They're yeah. going to borrow it. From the taxpayers. Well, well, they're borrowing it. No, they're going to borrow it, yeah, first off, yeah. wherever they get their financing. And then, the I mean, the taxpayers going to pay for this. Yes. With interest. Mm-hmm. Going to be a lot of money. Uh, there's been plenty of studies showing that that actually doesn't get paid back off. Now, there is other economic activity that occurs around the stadium. One interesting thing, do you remember, did you go to uh, where the Cowboy Stadium is or AT&T Stadium is when they were building it before all that popped up around there? No. There's a, so I went over there, I went to a, a game at Texas Stadium and we went over because they had the first arch of the new stadium put up and I wanted to go see it. It's really cool to, to see it like that. And um, there was nothing around the place, you know, nothing. And now you go there, it's like a whole city that's around the place. And so there's obviously economic activity that, uh, that gets built up when this happens. But here's the thing, <clears throat> and there's another addition to the story that's pretty funny. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think, someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. you do anything to help them. But how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Here's the thing. The, uh, they're paying $850 million, and then they're going to get a $200 million loan, and then the people who own it are going to kick in three fifty. dollars And the people who own it are worth about $6 billion. So my question is, if the taxpayers are making an investment that's clearly going to pay itself off, then why aren't the bill's owners willing to make that investment? 
That's what I want to know. Because wouldn't they rather pocket mm. that? Seems like if it's that great of an investment that they want to do that. Now, I know they don't have $6 billion sitting in the bank, but they would likely be able to get financing or get some other investors to come in. It's clearly such a great investment. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they just going to do that? Because you might as well just uh, get the free money from the state. You're going to pay taxes anyway. You might as well just get free money from the state. Yeah. You know, drum up this fake idea that you're going to leave Buffalo like that ever happens. Jeez. Not talking about the Baltimore Colts here or anything like that. It's happened a few times. <clears throat> oh, it's, I know. That's why I just said Baltimore Colts. St. Louis they used Rams. to be in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> St. Louis Rams. Are now no, I mean, literally, LA. this has happened a lot yeah. <laughs> recently. Yes. The Rams, the Raiders, mm-hmm. the Chargers. <laughs> this happens. The Titans, you know, used to be the Oilers. Mm-hmm. The Colts used to be in Baltimore. There's a lot. Of, yeah, it happens. It definitely happens. But... That's not what was going to happen. They just wanted to get this money from the state. And like I said, if it was really that great of an investment, then they would have found ways to pay for it. But they're going to take the free money from the taxpayers. And that billion dollars that the taxpayers are going to fork over would have gone, first off, they should have been able to keep it. Secondly, could have gone to whatever else the taxpayers are going to ask for, plus all the extra stuff that the state's going to do that the people aren't asking for. Could have gone towards that. But instead... We're going to have to tax new money to go towards that stuff, whatever that stuff is. So uh, overall, this is a pretty bad deal. Horrible deal. Now, now, if it was simply just, you know, tax incentives, for instance, like you don't have to pay property tax for 30 years or you don't have to pay sales tax for 10 years or whatever and not collect it, those different types of things, I'm completely fine with all of that. I'm confined with any business able to work out a deal with a tyrannical government not to pay, not to have money stolen from them. If taxation is theft, mm-hmm. then anytime I see someone get out of that theft, I'm happy. However, what, what I'm completely against is stroking checks mm-hmm. for, for corporations who make plenty of money and can invest in their own to make plenty of money down the road Yeah, and take the risk. You shouldn't put the risk on the taxpayers or the government uh, if we're going to have government and taxpayers, that's, it's just, it's wrong. It's completely wrong. You're robbing Paul to pay Paul, Peter. Yes. Uh, there's Skeeter eater. So to go another level deeper on this, Chuck, this next article, uh, if you want to do that one, I just thought that this is ridiculous. I just happened to find it. Now you'll see that these are actually screenshots down here. It's not actual text. That's just something with the website there. Okay. Um, but anyway, that, hey, if you're in New York, don't worry. You are now a team owner. Are they tired of playing in 12-foot snow? I mean, is this, is this why they need They're going to do, uh, I think, 80% roof. So they're going to have, you know, still going to have that Texas Stadium, Texas, uh, yeah, Texas Stadium style hole there in the top, mm. like what they used to have. Uh, I think that's what I read. I might have mistaken that. All right, this is from the Brooklyn Eagle. Uh, New Yorkers could become owners of Buffalo Bills under a new bill. Owners. Owners. Everyone's going to own the team. In a new piece of legislation from a Brooklyn lawmaker, uh, if a new piece of legislation from a Brooklyn lawmaker passes, every New Yorker could one day own a small chunk of the Buffalo Bills should the team decide to leave the state for greener pastures. A new bill from Brooklyn State Senator Jabari Brisbort and Queens Assembly member Ron Kim says that if a mayor major sports franchise takes public dollars to build a new stadium and later decides to leave New York, the state government will have the option to purchase 50% of the club. 
<laughs> this is best get. You're going to you become must, an owner if they decide to leave New York. And you get 50%. You get the option to purchase yes. 50% of the team. Okay. Additionally, <laughs> if the upfront funds, the team uh, takes covers, takes covers 51% of the project, as is the case with the bills, the state will have the opportunity to buy equity in the team at the time of the deal under the legislation. Kim yeah, said bills. There's important words highlighted in there. Okay. The state. Not you. Not you. Not you, New Yorkers. No. You don't get any ownership. The state. What do you think you're going to get a little check? Did they make it to the Super Bowl? No. No. Mm -mm. You're not going to be an owner. You think you're going to get Super Bowl tickets? Nobody owns anything that the state has. It doesn't matter how well the team does. They're going to take this money from you. If it ends up making them some money for the state owner, they're just going to spend that stuff on other worthless crap. That's all they're going to do. Lobster parties. Yeah. The parties you aren't invited to, as George Carlin would put it. <laughs> it's a big club and you ain't in it. Kim said the Bills deal uh, shows echoes of another deal that, state, uh, that saw state and local governments offering funds to a large company. Kim was one of a number of lawmakers who fought to keep Amazon from building its second headquarters in Long Island City, which the people were pissed about, by the way. Mm-hmm. The deal, which would have seen the second largest company in the country receive around $3 billion in subsidies, fell through in 2019 amid pressure from the lawmakers. I went into these negotiations trying to answer three questions. How long can we keep the bills in Buffalo? How can we make sure this project benefits the hardworking men and women of Western New York? And how can we get the best deal for taxpayers? Hochul said in a statement. The best deal for taxpayers. It's like to worry about. You know, I read Trump's book, Art of the Deal, and I, that's how I went into this thing. Okay, this is an art. Do you ever think that maybe the taxpayers would like it if you just took less of their money? How about that? No. Then it they can make be. some investments if they want to. Quote: I'm pleased that after months of negotiations, we've come out with the best answers possible. The bills will stay in Buffalo for another thirty years. The project will create ten thousand union jobs temporarily. <laughs> And New Yorkers can rest assured that their investment will be recouped by the economic activity the team generates. Rest assured. Mm -hmm. You can sleep peacefully at night, folks. Now, when they recoup that investment, like, what's that going to do for the, for the people? There's all, by the way, this is not a new team coming to Buffalo. They're already there, okay? So you're going to have temporary construction jobs associated with the new stadium. That's it, because they've already got the economic activity. They've already got the team. All that's going to change is they're going to get 10,000 temporary construction jobs. And then that's it. It's going to go right back to what it is right now. So it's not even like a, a, a city trying to lure a team that doesn't have one right now. That would at least make a bigger economic impact than this would. You're talking about something across the street. There's already one right there. The only the only thing I can see, and I'm not arguing for this, is that if it's more of a closed dome approach and they can have other things there besides just Bills games. Yeah. Like even yeah. in the winter, they could have concerts and different types of things that would keep people spending money at this. It's the probably got three other venues for that already. No, I'm, I'm, you know? I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Yeah. It could be a little bit more of a multi use stadium than just a football stadium that's open to the cold, brisk Buffalo air. I don't even know why people live there anyway. They should definitely move this way south. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need to get out. They need to get closer. Maybe put this in, uh, I don't know, Georgia, Virginia. 
All right, Magoo says that uh, there's they could take over in Atlanta. There's already a stadium, and there's not really even an NFL team there. <laughs> so you could just move move right in. Oh, so you can know, you imagine playing football like negative twenty. God, that would suck up there. Like what? What is going on up there? Yeah, if it weren't for that, I would totally do it. You know, <laughs> just walk right onto the team. They keep asking. I can't do it though. <laughs> yeah, but only the Bills, huh? Just the Bills. That's so, it. Only the Bills. I want to go play it. with um, Cole Beasley. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, really what I want to do. Mr. Is he still on the Bills? Yeah, Mr. Okay. X Factor. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really remember that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I wanted to just kind of lay out here our position on this once again. <laughs> Subsidizing, they can mean different things from this. What I what I want to always know is, are they actually going to take out loans in the taxpayers' names that they have to pay back? Are they literally writing checks uh, to build? The, are they paying for the construction of this? Or are they giving them a tax break? And a lot of times what you see in corporate welfare is they will calculate what they would have paid in taxes over a 30-year span, since they keep using 30 years for this thing, and then they'll call that the subsidy or the corporate welfare. Now, to me, that argument doesn't work because I don't like taxation and I don't want them to have to pay taxes. And so I'm glad that they got out of doing it. And I don't think that declining to steal from someone means that you have given them welfare. That's a, I'm sorry, that's a ridiculous argument to me. I'm going to move on to like we talked about earlier. We had this conversation with Rob. Rob, if you're listening, you're still wrong, man. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Love mean you. it. But mean you're still it. Still wrong. Um, I know that. Yeah, sure. The so the taxpayers maybe their tax money is going to go towards something. They'll have to subsidize the fact that they didn't do that. But now we're now we're arguing in place of the government has to spend this money, and we're not attacking what the actual problem is. The those actually those actual expenditures that they're doing them taking money from people, and I can never ever argue for a position that takes someone who isn't paying taxes and the result of it is that they're paying taxes afterwards. I will never make that argument. It's just not going to work. I don't understand the, the, my libertarian philosophy benefit of feeling like I achieved something because this person wasn't paying taxes. Now look, I won. Now they're paying taxes. Yeah. I'm a libertarian. A corporate shill would say that. <laughs> I know. A corporate bootlicker, that's all I am. They they would say things like you just said. So if Who's you do, sponsoring you? The Koch brothers? Everyone, man. Koch brother? I'm rolling in it. Yeah. You know? Big player. I, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but really, once you and so once you get to that point, then just attack what the other problem is. The the fact that the government's still spending all that money. If they're gonna take that reduction in their tax revenues or whatever, then, hey, you know what? Reduce the budget by that amount. Then you got to worry about that no more. The problem is uh, New York State doesn't have any money. Neither yeah. does the federal government. Neither does this county, I bet. <laughs> they don't have any money to loan. They, they never, they haven't in years. I don't know. A bunch of these states have big surpluses right now, Charlie. I wonder how that happened. Hmm. It's like they got a bunch of money. Weird. From the COVID relief. That's so strange. I saw people... Um, and I'd have to look at the actual budget, to, but there's been a teacher strike in Minnesota, and they were talking about how, oh, the state's got a big surplus right now in their budget. Like, yeah, was that there before the COVID relief money went through? 
and all these states got all these billions of dollars. It's burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah. And so there's a problem when you get that money and there's no hope of it coming in again in the future. You can't make long-term plans off the fact that you have a one-year surplus from someone gifting you a bunch of money, you know, which is what some people are trying to do right now. I had that story in here and then that was about the teacher strike in Minnesota. But anyway, if you guys disagree, let us know. Tell us why. And uh, we'll 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 let you know why you're wrong. We'll say we're not straight. opposed to doing that. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. You just did that. Not one in like a gay straight kind of way. Like we'll set you straight. No, like, you're fine. Actually, you be you. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not trying to set anyone in any particular direction, gender orientation, or sexual orientation. We can do this last one real quick, I guess, since we got a spare minute. I love salon articles. Oh, they're so good. Now this mm. should have been a dumb leap of the week article. I was, um, I just really wanted to talk about it today. I love pictures of Mitch McConnell. Listen, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever you are, the guy looks like a turtle and everyone needs to be okay with admitting that. All right. What happened to his throat, chin, mouth? (laughs) One of the funniest memes I ever saw was someone, it was a picture of a bunch of straws and said they're just going to put these outside Mitch McConnell's office and let nature take its course. <laughs> I'm, uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll probably look similar when I get old, but I hope people make fun of me too. Congress just made a, this is from Salon. Remember. You know, what, you, know what, you know why that happens for the most part? He's a mouth breather. Is that it? People who are typically mouth breathers have sunken chins. Oh, that was too many carbs. Probably that too. Mm. Not enough insulin. Hmm. How about that? Just carbs. I'm trying to <laughs> sunk my <laughs> sunk my chin, and mine goes the other way. Congress uh, just made a choice to extend the pandemic by cutting international COVID aid. I heard. To yeah, zero dollars. I was there. I heard the conversation. Mm-hmm. They were How'd like, it go? He was like. Hey, hey, man, you want to extend this uh, pandemic? Mm. The guy was like, yeah, man, we definitely want to extend it. All right. Well, we're going to cut international COVID aid to zero so that we can extend this thing. So what you didn't see was the next meeting. They had the uh, these pieces of paper they passed around and said, do you want to extend the pandemic? Yes or no? And all the Republicans said yes. Mm-hmm. They want to extend it. Okay. Rep- <laughs> That's that's how I heard it anyway. Yeah. I don't know if you caught the scoop on that last Check part. Yes or no. That one. They had that playing in the background <laughs> while they did it. <laughs> Republican and Democratic congressional negotiators on Monday are reportedly set to announce a $10 billion coronavirus funding package. This is that one that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Remember, they ran out of money. I thought it was $20 billion. Well, he was asking for $22 billion. Now it's 10 Now they cut it down to 10 mm. Probably means he knew that they didn't need any. So he asked for over, well over twice as much as what he wanted to get. I don't know. They probably, they all got copies of Art of the Deal back there that they're reading. Biden does, or someone reads it to him. All right, Monday, reported the set to announce a $10 billion coronavirus funding package that contains no money to fight the pandemic globally. Because that's your job. Prompting outrage from public health experts who say the decision will prolong the COVID-19 crisis. Quote, Failing to fund the global fight against COVID-19 is a choice to extend the pandemic, to accept preventable suffering and insecurity for all, and to live with the knowledge that deep in the time of the world's greatest need, the United States gave up. I started morphing into a speech right there. Yeah. Here, here. 
<laughs> Lawmakers were initially... This sounds just like what Paul Reserve would... Reserve, Paul Reserve. Paul, Paul Revere. middle name federal. <laughs> yeah. With Paul Revere. Similar to what he was doing when he was mm-hmm. running around on his horse saying that the United States gave up. Lawmakers were initially considering a package that included $1 billion in funds for the global pandemic response. They have like $500 billion left over. <laughs> they got, they've got like 60 or $70 billion left over. Right now. Oh, I can't okay. remember what the number was. I actually didn't put the chart in here this time. We've gone over the chart a couple times. A lot of money that hasn't been decided where it's going yet. It's just sitting there available because they got so much money, so much extra money right now. Mm-hmm. Money that would go toward worldwide vaccination initiatives and other key programs that are languishing due to cash shortfalls. The Biden administration is already facing backlash for falling well short of its modest vaccine donation pledges. The Washington Post reported Monday that lawmakers were unable to agree on how to pay for the $1 billion in COVID-19 aid, even though it amounted to a fraction of the $5 billion the White House asked for last month. Now, what some Republicans were wanting... Yeah, one, one over five, that's a fraction. Yeah, it is a fraction. <laughs> it's a very accurate yeah. description. Uh, that What the Republicans were wanting... What, I was trying to remember... Dang it, now I can't remember the name of the... The guy that was pushing for this. Anyway, uh, what they were wanting was to use the money that they already had sitting out there that hadn't been allocated yet. You know, it, it hadn't been actually promised anywhere. It's been allocated for COVID, but they haven't actually promised where it's going to go. They're like, why don't we take it out of this? And they said, no, no, we need new, a new $1 billion to do this. And so they decided not to do it. You know, the, report agree- the reported agreement to strip global COVID-19 money from the spending deal comes weeks after Congress approved. Everything comes weeks after something, by the way. From the spending deal after Congress approved the $782 billion military budget, in the which was $29 billion more than President Joe Biden originally requested last year. So they're just trying to make the point, oh, we can spend the money on this. Why can't we put the money mm-hmm. towards that? Because you guys suck at allocating money, all right? Because you're really terrible at it. The deal set to be announced Monday is expected to repurpose funding from the previous stimulus packages. The Post noted Republican lawmakers have repeatedly questioned the need for any new COVID-19 funding and demanded that money for the pandemic come from already approved sources. Amen. Jeez, a bunch of crazy people out there. A research paper published in February estimated that an investment of $61 billion could fund the production of three coronavirus vaccine doses for every person in low and lower middle income countries. So... This billion dollars that they're upset about it not going in there, and so we're extending the pandemic, was a fraction of the $61 billion that people are saying was necessary. And this person who wrote the paper saying there need to be $61 billion put towards this also said, quote, there's no shortage of money, just will. Got plenty of money, man. Yeah. We can print more, too. Print all the money you want. Mm-hmm. That's fine. By the way, this is all, here's what they're actually saying. If we don't make sure everyone has access to a vaccine that doesn't prevent spread or contraction of this virus, the pandemic is going to be extended. They better get back to the research lab then. Yeah. That's what they're saying. We don't have a vaccine that does either of those Yeah, things. remember y'all were talking about the vaccine. That, I mean, yeah. You still get the virus and you still spread it around to other people. It, it does help with hospitalization and death. That's not what they're talking about, though. The reason but, they want global uh, they want global vaccination is to stop the creation of new variants. Mm-hmm. 
Which won't happen. And to stop the creation of new variants, you would need to stop the contraction and the spread of the virus. Although Dr. Science did say, finally, that natural, what was it? Post-infection immunity. Post-infection, yeah. Not natural. Post-infection no. immunity. And are they saying this because this virus is not natural? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Who knows? Well. Post-infection of a made-up virus. Of a lab created virus. That's why it's not natural immunity. Mm. You've been uh, think about that for a second. You've been reading all that Russian propaganda again lately. Read, is what it sounds like I haven't read anything honestly till today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, be pondering that question I just asked you right there. Put on your put on your aluminum foil hat. Not tin. I like aluminum. Okay. And mm-hmm. a uh, better conduction for everything i'm looking up yeah put on your aluminum foil hats you can make one with reynolds or the dollar store brand doesn't matter go out there and get some and ponder why they're calling it post-infection immunity and not natural immunity i think there might be something because now <laughs> there might be something by the way everyone's charlie's just being ridiculous right now just so you know <laughs> yeah, completely ridiculous if you enjoyed today's show please share it with a friend a family member a foe and the children make sure they're wearing their hats too and uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Now you can leave us a rating there. And uh, smash that subscribe button. Go to joingml.com. 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 Where you can go to Nate's Wall to get into the live group. It's only 6 bucks a month. If you, uh, if you do that, then we'll be happy that you're here. And you can hang out with us pre-show. You can come. You can be invited to Nate Fest. And then, uh, which we might be calling Chuck Fest here pretty soon. And then, uh, and then. It's just something I should know. It's our annual get together. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. I've got it under control. <laughs> it's fine. It's our annual get together, but you have to be a, uh, a live group member to be invited. So our friendship is behind a paywall. That's right. So, uh, go do that. If you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good Morning, Liberty. You know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, uh.